today we're in sermon number two. We're in sermon number two of the series, Unexpected. And uh, we're still in Judges chapter six, and you know I'll read the scripture in the sermon as it begins to be relevant. I'll read it right before that point. Uh, sermon number two. I want you to help me announce this subject to the person sitting closest to you. Just look at him and say, neighbor. You might not know it, but I'm the one. That's what we're talking about today. I'm the one. <clears throat> now look at the neighbor you don't like as much the other one, your second choice. Look at them. And say, neighbor, you might not know it, but I'm the one. Y'all chose them second. Don't get mad at me because I called it out. Run it up. All right, let's go. Uh, let's get right, get right to it. God has a way of choosing the most unlikely people from the most unlikely places to do the most unexpected things. Sometimes these people come from the ranks of the powerful and the privileged. Uh, there are many who are considered to be among the elite of society that have been inspired to do great things for the glory of God because they understand to whom much is given, much is required. But the Bible also shows us that the God we serve has a holy habit of using the foolish things of this world to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. God uses the most unlikely people from the most unlikely places in the most pitiful predicaments to do the greatest and most unexpected things. And in our text today, God does something else unexpected with an unlikely person. It happens during the time of the judges. We talked about this last week, but for those who missed it, let me give you the cliff notes. The time of the judges was about a 350-year period after the leadership of Joshua before the first king of Israel. During this period, Israel's relationship with God was characterized uh, by a word called cycles. It was a recurring cycles of disobedience and deliverance. Disobedience and deliverance. God would send a judge or a deliverer to leave the people out of bondage. While that leader was alive, they would enjoy great peace and prosperity. But as soon as the leader died, the cycle of disobedience would begin all over again. And here is where our text brings us in today because of their disobedience. The people of God have been oppressed by the Midianites. First, the Midianites attacked the Israelites, causing them to flee from their homes and live in caves like animals. Then when the harvest time came, the enemy would descend on them like locusts and they would devour everything they worked hard to produce. The enemy would come by, they would steal their cattle, steal their sheep, steal their donkeys and everything that God intended for them to enjoy, leaving them depressed, despondent, and devastated. And let me hit pause right there and tell somebody sitting in this room or somebody watching, this is exactly what the enemy wants to do to you and to me. He wants to devour our health that God meant for us to enjoy. He wants to devour the homes that God has given us to enjoy. He wants to devour the peace that God has given us to enjoy. He 
wants to devour the relationships that God has given us to enjoy. He wants to devour the finances that God has given us to enjoy. He wants to devour the hopes and dreams that God has given us to enjoy. He wants to steal that joy and peace that God gave for us to enjoy. But thanks be to God. That's good in church. Thanks be to God that when the enemy would like to destroy us, he always has an unlikely and unexpected champion who will step up and say, I'm the one. Come on and look at somebody and tell them I'm the one. If the devil wanted to pick a fight, he's got the right one. If the devil wanted to see resistance, he's got the right one. If God needs somebody to step up, stand up and speak up, I am the one. Judges chapter 6 verse 11 says this. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash, the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. How many people believe I'm the one? You, you believe you could be the one to set your family free. You could be the one to deliver your family. You could be the one to break the cycle. Listen, to assume my true identity, the first thing I've got to do is I must overcome my intimidation. I must overcome my intimidation. Before Gideon could be Israel's deliverer, he first had to deliver himself. But to deliver himself, he had to get to know God in a real, relevant, reverent, and personal way. Understand this. One of the most important keys to serving God is knowing God. One of the important keys to having the right relationship with God is knowing who he is. You cannot have the right relationship without getting to know who the person is. The reason some of our relationships are so rocky is because we're trying to relate to somebody that ain't. We're trying to relate to who we think a person is because we don't really know who they are. And you're trying to relate to somebody that does not exist. And the person that does exist is responding to what you're doing. And you can't figure out why they're responding that way is because you are, you don't even know who you're talking to. If you're going to have the right relationship with God, there must be a closeness to God. If we are going to serve God correctly and effectively, we're going to have to get to know who he is. This is what frightens me about this new wave and new generation because we put so much emphasis on programs and methods. We put so much emphasis on things that do not matter in relationships. We put so much things on presentation and not his presence. We're getting to know a God that does not exist. We've decided that God is who he is not and we're trying to relate to a God that does not exist and you want somebody who's not there to hear you when you're call you don't understand why when grandmama prays things happen but when you pray nothing happens it's because you're praying to a God you made up in your own mind and unfortunately eternity does not exist in your mind everything that's impressive is not impactful And if we're going to be effective 
for God, we have to understand that even though presentation and orators, whether they be male or female, they may be impressive and attractive to natural reasoning, but it's not going to do much help if we don't have a close relationship with the Lord. So before we plot and plan, you've got to get to know the Lord. Before you organize and deputize people, you've got to get to know the Lord. Before you enlist helpers and engage the enemy, we've got to know the God of the word and the word of God. So when we see Gideon, he's in the wine press threshing wheat. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. Okay, y'all don't see nothing wrong with that? Okay, let me tell you why I'm pausing. Because you don't thresh wheat in a wine press, you make wine. If anybody would have said amen, I thought baby would have said amen. If you don't thresh wheat in a place where you make wine, because understand this, some of y'all are giddy in the day. You're trying to thresh wheat in a wine press, which means you don't know how to thresh wheat, and neither are you making the wine you need. But that's... Wine in the Bible is a symbol for joy. We'll get to that in another sermon. But why was he doing it? He, he was threshing wheat in a wine press, because he had been intimidated by the enemy and his intimidation sent him in hiding. It's hard to thresh wheat in a wine press. Can it be done? Yes. But just because you can doesn't always mean you should. It's too hard. It was too much going on. It's hard to thresh wheat in the wine press because wind is a factor in threshing wheat. When you're threshing wheat, you're chopping the wheat. You're chopping the grain. You're blowing. You're, you're loosening up the shaft. Then you take the winnowing and you throw it in the air and you let the wind blow away the stuff that's not wheat. And wheat falls back in. And the reason some of us are living such crowded lives is because when we're trying to thresh the tears out of our life, we throw it up. There's no wind of the word to blow it out. So it just comes back in a different form. <laughs> Somebody is living just like Gideon. Trouble has taken you away from the body. Trouble has taken you away from worship. Trouble has taken you away from your devotion time. Trouble has taken you away from your small group. But you need the wind of the word of God to blow some things out of your life. But what you've been going through has you in a place where you're separated from the influence of God's spirit and God's word. And all you can do is do what you're doing to get by. God didn't give his only son for you to get by. He didn't spare you just so you can barely make it. Gideon, because of your intimidation, you're hiding, you're threshing wheat. Why was he in the wine press? He was in the wine press so his enemies couldn't find him. Hear this, when you've been overtaken by intimidation, you will find yourself doing strange things in unusual places. Yep, I'm talking to you, I'm in your business because you're putting up with strange things in unusual places. In a place that used to have peace in your life, you're settling for chaos. In a place 
that used to be sacred in your life, you're settling. You're allowing people to treat you less than you should be treated because you're doing strange things in unusual places. You let people talk to you in a way that you never should be spoken to. But because you're hiding, you find yourself dealing with strange things in unusual places. You're connected to people you never should have been connected to. But because you're hiding, you're doing strange things in unusual places. Your money is funny, your change is strange, and your credit is cracked because you're doing unusual things in strange places. Something seems to work because you're doing unusual things. <clears throat> His enemies couldn't find him. But God knew exactly where he was. I don't know who I'm talking to. But God knows where you are. He, he sees where you are. I don't know who you're hiding from, but he sees where you are. And when the time is right, he'll come to find you. Here, here's why I get, I, get, I get a little leery. I know I shouldn't. I get a little judgmental. Lord's going to have to deal with me, Spidell. But I get a little leery when people are talking about how they found their calling. Because every time I see it in the Bible, nobody found their calling. Their calling found them. God sees where you are. You may think you're hiding and hurting, but God sees where you are. You may feel lonely, but he sees where you are. You may have let life separate you, but he sees where you are. Look at somebody and say, he sees you. God wanting to influence him more than his intimidation. He says, the Lord is with you. Now, when, when the angel of the Lord says the Lord is with you, here's what that Hebrew phrase literally means. His power is on you. It's, 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 it's on you. His power is on you. This was before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The power of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord came up on people. He says the Lord is on you. I need to tell somebody right now. No, no, we're past the point of the Lord being on you. It's in you. It's like, y'all remember the Gatorade commercial? Peyton Manning, Michael Jordan, they would be on the court. Everybody else would be running down, filled with sweat, but there would be something pouring from their pores, a different color. The color of what was pouring from them was the same color of what they were putting in them. And then the commercial would come back with them standing strong and say, is it in you? I'm looking at somebody here today. I want to tell you the only reason you survived what you've been going through is because he's inside of you. The only reason you haven't blown your brains out is because he lives inside of you. The the only reason defeat has not taken you out is because he lives inside of you and he does more than just stay there he keeps the grounds too he does what grandmama says he walks with me and when I have nobody else to talk to he talks with me and when I feel like I don't believe he tells me I'm his <clears throat> he said I'm with you it didn't look like that because of what was going on. But he said, let me tell it to you because you can't tell. He, he's, he's with you, you mighty man of valor. Think about it now. He's hiding in the wine press, and the angel of the Lord says, you're a powerful man. <laughs> His enemies got him shook, but he says to him, you're a force to be welcomed with. 
He's, he's hiding like a coward. But the angel of the Lord says, you're more than what you think. You're more than what they say. That's, that's your message today. You're more than what they said you are. You're more than what. You don't have to relegate yourself to some small-minded person that don't know a diamond from a divot. You are more than what they say. You're more than what they think. You don't have to bring yourself down so they can understand you be who God created you to be. <clears throat> God says, the, 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 God, the power of God is on you, you mighty man of valor. You are more than your struggle. You are more than what you've been through. You are more than what you're going through. To be with his people means he's concerned for his people. To be with you means he's going to provide for you. To be with you means he's going to care for you. And the great Evidence that God cares for us is his presence with us. <clears throat> because you can make it through some stuff if you know the Lord is with you. Y'all know one of my best friends, Pastor Kelly Taylor, New Congregational Church in Los Angeles, California. Y'all know him and you know him well. He has three sons. His sons are his pride and joy, Jamel, Darius, and Emmanuel. Uh, Darius has a unique story with KT, is what I call him. Darius and KT have a unique story. One day when Darius was small, KT used to take him to the movies during the day because he wasn't ready for school yet. And one day when they went to the movie, they got there late. Here's the problem. The movie theater they walked in, it was one of those movie theaters with that long, dark hallway. After the movie started, you had to walk down the side to that long, dark hallway before you get to your seat. Well, that doesn't seem like a problem to you, but understand this, Darius was afraid of the dark. And as they were walking in the movie, realizing they had gotten there late, what he feared the most came true. They opened the door and the hallway was dark and Darius stood fast. KT said, come on, we are already late. He said, Daddy, I can't walk down that hallway. <clears throat> He said, but come on, we late. You wanted to come to this movie. We here now. We done fall traffic. We going in this movie. He said, Daddy, but I'm afraid. He said, boy, it ain't nothing. You, we done been down this hallway in this movie. You know ain't nothing there but walls. Nothing is going to jump out and get you. You better come on and walk. He said, Daddy, I can't do it and grabbed him around the leg. He said, I didn't bring you this way for you to cry. I raised you better than that. You a big boy. Don't you embarrass me like this just because of a little darkness. He said, but Daddy, I'm afraid. He said, but Darius, do you want to see the movie? Yes, sir. If you don't walk down this hallway, we can't see the movie. I'm going to take you back home. He said, okay, Daddy, I'll walk down the hallway under one condition what's that as long as you hold my hand <laughs> who am I talking to here right now that understands what I'm talking about there are a lot of things you can deal with as long as the Lord will hold your hand there are a lot of things you can walk through as long as the Lord will hold your hand that's why the church shouts when we start singing precious Lord take my hand lead me on let me Tell somebody you got to face your intimidation. If you're going to be that one, you got to face your intimidation. Just remember whatever you're facing, remember who's holding your hand. Verse 13, Judges chapter 6 says, And Gideon said to him, Please, Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? 
And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. For the first thing I have to do is overcome my intimidation. The second thing I have to do to assume my my identity is I must overcome my injuries. Got to overcome my, that's right, I got to overcome my injuries. Gideon responds to this mighty man of valor proclamation by saying, what you talking about, Willis? Please, if God is with us, why is all of these things happening? You know, sometimes when you look at what's going on, it can be hard to believe that God is with you. It can be hard to believe that God is caring for you when the things you're going through in life make you believe otherwise. It's hard to believe God has your back when it, when, when it, when it feels like he's just stacking problems on your shoulders. It's hard for us to believe that we're blessed when all we have is burdens to show for. He said, if, 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 if we're so blessed, if the Lord is with us, Why is all this stuff happening? Here's the problem. The question blames God for Israel's problem. If God is with us, why is all this stuff happening? Well, here's the response. God comes before mystical. It says it ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. <clears throat> what do you mean it ain't God's fault? Let's, let's, let's just talk. So we got to understand that most of the injuries we have are self-inflicted wounds. Some stuff happens and it has nothing to do with us, but a lot of the stuff we deal with, <clears throat> self-inflicted Wounds. Here's the problem. To understand and realize I have self-inflicted wounds means I have to realize that I can't trust me with me. And I'm not ready to tell myself I can't trust myself with myself. I'm not ready to come to grips with the fact that I can't be trusted. But if you think about it, every bad decision I made, I made it. Every bad choice I made, I made it. Every wrong turn I made, I made it. Every relationship that wasn't worthwhile, every regret I got about who I've been with, guess who chose them? I don't care if you was on a date nap, you signed up. Every friendship that went sour, guess who chose them friends? Who then he tried to warn you a long time ago, you ain't listening. Friends, how many of us have them? (laughs) Because the Midianites were oppressing Israel, Gideon concluded that God didn't have the power to deliver him, and he didn't have the power to perform those miracles he heard about. Here's a common mistake. Gideon made it and some of us make it. 
Understand this. Don't mistake God's will for God's power. Just because he allows it does not mean he anointed it. With free will comes choice. There is no love without free will. With free will comes choices. With choices come consequences. We want the love of free will. We want the free of free will until it's time to pay the price for the freedom. And we start to believe if God is not willing, that means he's not able. Gideon said, you see how bad off we are? Where's, where's God? Where's the God y'all been talking about and shouting about? Where are all the miracles I done heard about? Where's this deliverer you're talking about? The answer was, dummy, you the deliverer. I'm talking to the deliverer. Do you realize that when you see things that cause you to complain, maybe God let you see it because you're the one he sent? <clears throat> Maybe you're the answer to the things you're complaining about and you're still complaining because you won't cooperate. If something ain't right in your family, it's time for you to say, I'm the one that's going to break this family curse. If something ain't right in your finances, I'm the one that's going to break this financial curse. If something ain't right in your health, I'm going to be the one that breaks this health curse. If something is wrong in your neighborhood, I'm going to be the one to stop this curse on my neighborhood. If something ain't right in the school system, I'm the one that's going to step up, stand up, speak up so we can change what's going on in the school. If something is wrong with our government, I'm going to be the one to stand up. Up, speak up or shut up. All right, let me let me move on. <clears throat> Verse 14 says, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I uh, do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I'll be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. So not only must I overcome my intimidation, I got to overcome my injuries. Lastly, I must overcome my insecurities. I'm sure when the, when the angel of the Lord said, go in this might, Gideon was like, what might? Dude, I'm hiding in the wine press trying to thresh wheat. What might are you talking about? My superpower is I know how to get invisible. <clears throat> so I can't be the one. Why not you, Gideon? I'm not from a prominent family. I'm not from a prominent neighborhood. I don't have the cleanest past. Let me tell you something. Don't let anybody define you 
by where you came from. Don't let anybody define you by what you've come through. Don't let anybody define you by what you were denied at an early age. Don't let anybody define you by anything other than what the Lord says you are. Where you come from does not determine who you are. It just shows where who you are started. This is why the Lord said to an intimidated, injured, and insecure man, he called him a mighty man of valor. God does not look at who you are right now. He looks at who you're going to be after he gets you and after he saves you and after he washes you in the blood, after he fills you with his spirit, after you've had a taste of purpose, after you've been anointed, after you've been assigned, after you've been empowered. God knows what you're going to be then. And not now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's good. Somebody needs to understand the only problem is you ain't got together yet. I know that's bad grammar. <clears throat> but you ain't got together yet. What do you mean you ain't got together yet? We uh we went in debt in a war after 9-11. <clears throat> Looking for Saddam Hussein. Now, I don't keep up with everything politically. I, I'll admit that. But it seemed to me that the people that took responsibility for 9-11 wasn't in the same place Saddam was. <clears throat> so we just went to war with Saddam and them. <clears throat> When they asked them to justify their actions and their spending, they said, he has weapons of mass destruction. So they okayed it, and we wreaked havoc on an entire country. And when they came back to be held accountable, they said, did you find any weapons? They said, no. Well, how do you justify what you've done so you're not characterized as a criminal? They say, we didn't find weapons, but we found pieces in different places. So we launched a war so they couldn't put the pieces. I'm trying to explain to somebody why the devil is waging war in your life right now. He, he's waging war in your life because you ain't got together. But if God ever gets you together, you're going to be a weapon of mass destruction. That's why he doesn't want your peace and your purpose to ever get together. That's why he doesn't want your anointing to ever line up with your peace. Because if you ever figure out all the pieces and get the pieces together... You'll be a weapon. He said, go in this might. What might? The fact that I sent you. I'm done. I'm done, Chris, so you can... <clears throat> yeah, my voice. Y'all know I always lose my voice in the summertime because we got the air on, and the air just takes my voice. So I suffer so y'all don't have to. Uh, <clears throat> 
Go in this strength. Go. The fact that I'm sending you is enough. Go in this might. Take my strength with you. One day, a little boy was trying to pick up a big old rock. He said, Dad, it's too heavy. He said, no, son, you can do it. Boy, strain. He said, but Dad, it's too heavy. His father said, you can do it. He tried again. Dad, it's too heavy. Tears in his eyes. He said, son, you're not using all of your strength. Craig, he tried it again. Didn't want to disappoint his dad. Tears falling from his eyes. Said, Daddy, I'm sorry, but it's too heavy. He said, son, but you aren't using all your strength. He said, Dad, why do you keep saying I'm not using all of my strength. I'm using all of my strength, and it's too heavy. He said, son, I know you're not using all your strength because you haven't asked me to help you yet. And I'm talking to some Gideon or some Gideonisha in here today. I know it's heavy, but you can do it. All you have to do is ask the Savior. We used to sing a hymn that says, ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will. He will. Anybody know he will? He will carry you through. I need my intercessors real quick. I need my intercessors real quick. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I'm going to give you about five minutes because we got another service, so y'all got to go so they can come in. But (laughs) somebody right now, you're struggling. You're having an identity crisis. And the Lord lets you know today that you're more than what they said you are. You're more than who you think you are. You've been hiding from your problems. You've been running from the things that have been plaguing you. I want you to realize now that you are more than what your problems say you are. You are more than what people say you are. You are more than what the devil is trying to make you believe and you are bigger than anything you're going through and you can make it. If that's you right now and you want somebody to pray with you to help you push through, jump up out of your seat, get to these intercessors real fast. They're going to pray with you. But I don't want you to leave here the same way you came in. I don't want you to leave here the same way you came in. I am really over so many people living so defeated. I am past all of this complaining and posting, looking for sympathy. When God is here to give, all you have to do is ask. You haven't used all of your strength. I know there's more of you here today, but you're embarrassed. Either you can get up out of your seat and get past the shame or you can go back to what you left. The choice is yours. But I'm telling you right now, God is hearing, God is answering, and God is working. If you find where you are, stay like you are, but don't complain about what you could have prayed about. All you have to do is change your audience. The difference between complaining and praying is who you say it to. If you've been talking to people about it all week, all year, and nothing has changed, bring that same conversation and talk to God about it right now.
I know this is out of the norm, but y'all just give me a second. If you don't feel the need to come up here and pray, just pray at your seat. Pray for somebody who's up here. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this time and for these moments of prayer. God, hear and answer according to your will. Father, I didn't ask any questions on purpose. I didn't ask for any guidance on purpose. I didn't need them to prompt my prayer because here's the fact. I know that you know the situation before they mentioned it. You've already decided what the outcome is going to be, Father. I'm just praying with them. I'm standing as a source. I'm standing as strength. I'm standing as a living witness to say, I know the God I serve is able to do it. Now, God, for those who've come forward, for those who are praying in their seat, for those who are praying at home, for those who can't get to the altar but have desperate needs and they're lifting them to you right now, defeat is no longer an option. Discouragement is no longer an option. Failing is no longer an option. Hiding is no longer an option. I'm asking you, God, to speak directly to them. Let them know that your power is on them. Let them know that your, your anointing is on them. Let them know that you are for them. Let them know that healing is available. Let them know that deliverance is available. Let them know that open doors are available. Let them know that you can stop storms. Let them know that you can bring mountains down. Let them know that you are the God that you showed us in the Bible I pray God now that you're just doing your perfect work I pray that the testimonies that come from these prayers will be words that we cannot explain I pray that you're going to do things that blow our mind you're going to lead us in places that blow our mind you're going to turn situations around you're going to open doors that no man can close you're going to shut doors that no man can open you're going to burn bridges that should never be crossed you're going to stop storms you're going to do it in the name of Jesus I also pray right now that somebody's hearing your word and they want to receive you as savior I'm praying right now that somebody is hearing your spirit speak to them. They want to say yes to the Savior. They want to say yes to this local body, this local church. I pray, God, that in these next few moments, you will do your perfect work and do it for your glory. This prayer we pray in Jesus' name. Let's all say together, amen. If you don't mind, everybody stand for a second. If you don't mind, everybody can stand. Everybody stand. You can go back to your seat because you're not going to have that baby at this altar. <clears throat> next time we go wheel you down here you stay in your seat we'll come to you I almost told the deacons to boil that water in the baptistry yeah. somebody here right now you want to say yes to the Lord you never said yes to Jesus this is your chance to say yes to the Lord He's come to your hiding place. I know you showed up here, but there are places in your life where you were hiding. You've been hiding hurts. You've been hiding disappointment. Not only did he show up to that place where you're hiding, he spoke up for you and to you today. 
you're ready to receive Christ in your life, just step out into the aisle nearest you. Make your way right down front. We are waiting for you. You've already received Christ and you're just looking for a church to be a part of. And you say, hey, I like this church. I like these people. I want to plant my roots here. I want to serve with the people at the Bayview Church. Come on, step out into the aisle. Make your way down front. We're waiting to receive you in this moment. This moment is yours. This chance is yours. This opportunity is yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Come on, 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 come on. It's yours right now. Yep, yep, come on, come on, come on. Yep, 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 come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, right this way. Right this way. somebody else right now. Come on, move real quick. Move real quick. Move real quick. I, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. This is your chance. For those who are, who are not here, you're watching. You want to make that decision to receive Christ or get connected and unite with the Bayview Church. And even for those who are in the sanctuary that are not comfortable moving around and being in close spaces right now. Here's a non-contact way for you. Take out your phone. Take out your phone. You're going to send me a text message at 619-822-1560. If you're receiving Christ, you're going to text, I believe. One word, no autocorrect, no spacing. I believe if you're receiving Christ. If you already received Christ and you're uniting with the church, you're going to text, I belong. One word, no spaces, no autocorrect. Text either I believe or I belong to 619-822-1560. You send us that text, we're going to send you one right back. It will have a link in it. Click that link. Fill out the information card. Send it back to us. This afternoon, possibly tomorrow, Tuesday at the latest, somebody will give you a call and walk you through what your decision means, how you receive Christ, how you get connected to your new church. But let me be the first to say welcome to the Bayview Church. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it. And we can't wait to do life with you. You can take your seats today. You can take your seats We're getting ready to go. Anybody blessed by the word today? Now, I'm going to tell y'all, I've been losing my voice all summer. If y'all see me up here preaching in a baseball hat, don't y'all say a word. Somebody got to suffer, and I've been suffering. I lose my voice every week, but I don't know what it is. It's a family trait. My father, my godfather, same way. Any air, my voice is gone. So, uh. I ain't suffering in silence, but I feel like one of the yin-yang twins up here whispering. We're getting ready to go. Call the church this week so you can get in your Get Fit class wherever you are. We have 101, 201, 301, 401. We'll be taught next week. Here's how it'll work. It'll be a long day. You come to this service to worship. The second service, while we're in here worshiping, you'll be taking your Get Fit class. Now, why are we doing it on Sunday? For a couple of reasons. Because we're still in this pandemic, Everything is kind of out of whack, and rather than have you come back on a different day, we're trying to maximize uh, Sundays while you're here. That's why we're doing so many things on Sundays we had not done before. And gas is still $95 a gallon. 
and you would have to drive and rush our traffic to get here during the week. So we're trying to do everything on one day. So I'd rather ask you to give me more time on Sunday than an extra day. We're really trying to be sensitive. So please, ma'am, please, sir, if you have not finished the Get Fit courses, get in now. Get Fit. If you don't know what Get Fit is, make sure you register for 101 because you should know by now. So make sure you register for 101 for, that's the fourth Sunday we'll be teaching those classes. Um, if you are a guest, please stand. If you are a guest, stand right now. You don't have to say nothing. We just want to celebrate you. Come on, baby. You put your hands together. Make them feel really, 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 really welcome. <laughs> now, guests, I want you to come on back. Come on, but grab all your stuff. Except you don't have to come. See, that's, that's uh, Sister D's grandson. He's getting baptized today. Left. Stand up. He came all the way down from Oakland to get baptized. Y'all pray for grubs in Jesus' name. The rest of y'all guests, y'all come on this way. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on to the back. Get these snacks. Baby, y'all give it up for them as they are coming. You can go either way. <clears throat> I came, I'm, coming, I'm coming right back there to greet you and try to get my voice back before the second service. Deacons will be at the back doors. Deacons will be at the back doors for those who are giving an offering. Any college students here, this is your last Sunday in worship. You're heading to school. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, Maya. <laughs> Keep standing, girl. I'm about to pray for you. This is Amarion's last Sunday, too. He around here somewhere. I get him second service. He, he's still working. Where you at? I can't. You blend it in. You blend it in. The black shirt worked. All right. We got one standing in the back. Listen, if you, if you see a, a student standing, just stretch your hand toward that student. Father, we thank you, and we know that you've already anticipated this prayer so that our answers are prepared. We've done everything we know how to do to prepare these young men and women for the world that awaits them. <clears throat> We're confident that they are ready to become exactly who you've destined them to be. And even though we're confident that they're ready, God, we still pray that you be a hedge around them. You protect them, God. Keep them from hurt, harm, and danger. Protect them mentally, emotionally, physically. Father, remind them of what they've learned, what they've studied, so that when the world rises up against them or other voices try to influence them, your word will not return unto you void. Father, we're asking you to water the seeds that we've planted. <clears throat> you make them into the greatness you desire. You make them <clears throat> into the success stories you desire. God, do it for your glory. We as family want it for them, but God, they're yours. And you created them for such a time as this. Let their light shine. Let them be the salt where they're going to school. Let the flavor change because of their faith. And be with the families, God. Calm nerves. Take away anxieties and fears. Raise our expectations because you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. We thank you, God, and we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going home. Let's stand. <clears throat>
I'm going to pray and then you're going to face that outside wall for an orderly dismissal. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Thank you for adding to the church. Thank you for such a great harvest. Now, God, thank you for the rest of this day as we leave, as we fellowship, as some are traveling, God, traveling grace, traveling mercy. Keep cars in their lanes. Keep planes in the air. Keep ship above the water. Keep trains on rails. God, do it how only you can do it. Bless meals. Bless fellowship. Be in every hug. Be in every handshake. Be in every smile. Allow us to be a light shining in these stormy times, God, drawing men and women back to you. Bless those who are giving, sowing, and sharing. Give it to them, pressed down, shaking together, and running over like you promised. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the sweet communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us, hence, now, and forever. Let's all say together, amen. Love you, baby.